He's an idiot savant, whereas he's like mysterious and has a flamethrower. Welcome to the AfterSpark podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Spex. And today, we're going to be talking about episode number 47, The Gambler. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Yes. Let's talk about giant robots with gambling problems today, shall we? Yes! (laughs) So, if you'll remember, in the previous episode, the Autobots were beamed to an alien planet and had to make an escape via a child's toy rocket ship that had been modified by Perceptor. In a rare occurrence of episodic continuity, today's episode is a direct follow-up, starting with all of these Autobots that were, you know, transported in the rocket ship in space. And it's beaming to Perceptor Day as something goes wrong. Ah, typical. Never mind that it's another ship causing the problem and not Perceptor's amazing modified toy rocket ship. Yeah, seriously, he got the thing working. You guys, you guys just need to shut up right now. Uh, but the Autobots are captured by a larger ship. Captured by little metal creepy claws. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the Autobots disembark their ship and are led into a lab by the aliens that have captured them. These aliens are, like, human-sized, maybe a bit bigger. Why aren't they just stepping on them? (laughs) I realize that's more of a Decepticon move, but still. (laughs) Percy is enamored with the lab until clear tubes drop down from the ceiling, trapping each Autobot. The captain of this space vessel steps out of the shadows and introduces himself as Captain Bosch. That name is not one that inspires confidence. (laughs) In fact, it makes me think of Hieronymus Bosch and his paintings. Don't know who that is. I think he's the guy who did the Garden of Earthly Delights. Oh dear. (laughs) Okay, point taken. Optimus demands that Bosch set the Autobots free, but instead he zaps them with electricity, taking away their free will and their ability to transform. Oh, this isn't, uh, this isn't concerning at all, is it, kids? If they're getting to take, they're reaping what they sow, they're getting what they deserve. This is after the whole thing with Devastator. Uh, yeah, this is concerning. Uh, so much sarcasm for the earlier bit. Uh, the only Autobot unaffected with this is Smokescreen, uh, because of, um, an error with the ship or whatever, who breaks out to threaten the captain, but the captain's men shoot him and freeze him in place. The captain intends to sell the Autobots to get Energon to power his ship, which is apparently low on Energon, and yet he wasted Energon on this entire bit of shenanigans just now. He then walks over to an alien slot machine that he just has for kicks and giggles, pulls the lever, loses, throws a bit of a tantrum because he had the machine rigged, I tell you, rigged! And then Smokescreen offers to show him how it's done. Smokescreen walks over, pulls out a little suction cup on a wire from his wrist, connects it to the machine, and basically, you know, pulls the lever, gets three diamonds. This apparently means he wins. Three in a row. Bosch calls him a gambling whiz and laments that if they could get over to Monicus, the gambling asteroid, they could win a ton of energon. This is overly optimistic, and also Monicus seems to be a reference to Monaco, which is a city-state very well known for its gambling and casinos. Bosch and Smokescreen hatch a scheme to win some energon to power Bosch's ship, and in return, he'll return the Autobots to normal and presumably free them. That is a surprisingly quick turnaround who was totally okay with taking away their free their free will like five minutes ago. Apparently all 
all he needed was some gambling uh bonding to uh, <laughs> make Apparently. him happy. Uh, intends to use the rest of the Autobots as collateral because I guess he doesn't have anything else to bet. You better shut, but no! <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's going to use the other Autobots as collateral to get some Energon chips to gamble with. To this end, he shrinks the Autobots and puts them in a clear container with a handle, which he obviously takes with him. Um, if I had a nickel for every time the Autobots ended up very small in comparison to their surroundings, I'd have three nickels, which isn't that much, but it is weird that it's happened more than once. Yep. Especially considering one of the times was in the episode right before this. Right. Even though they didn't shrink, they were still tiny compared to the world they were in. Yep. So, Bosch and Smokescreen take off in a smaller ship and head towards Monicus. And after what sounded like an extremely rough landing that is not commented at all by either Bosch or Smokescreen, they arrive on the outskirts of a city. I'm sure that was a very healthy scraping noise sound that came from the ship when it landed. Very healthy. Mm -hmm. The fact that they call this, like, I don't know, a landing zone or whatever. Or a landing field, maybe, at some point, is just like, that is concerning to me. <laughs> Smokescreen reveals that they will not have to walk the rest of the way to the city and transforms into vehicle mode. Bosch hops on in, seemingly delighted, uh, cape and all, and says, head towards the bright lights at the end of the tarmac. I fear I cannot convey how funny this is in the actual episode, but there's just something freaking hilarious about this alien that's stacked out in surprisingly old-school-looking armor and a bitchin' purple cape just hopping into Smokescreen's passenger seat. It's almost like seeing an ancient Roman senator happily getting into a car or bus. <laughs> yes. Uh, the two of them don't seem to have much luck using the Autobots as collateral, however, and they have to head to an even seedier part of the asteroid called Sheol. Arriving at Lord Gaikany's Pit of Destruction! <laughs> Which, as you can imagine from that name, Lord Gaikany's probably a delight at parties. Stepping inside reveals a gladiatorial ring of sorts, with a robot and a strange alien critter circling each other in the ring. Bosch calls the critter an animalian and says if someone can stay in the ring with it for 60 seconds, they'll get 100 Energon chips. I'm sure this will in no way be relevant to the plot. <laughs> ah, hint, hint. Hint, hint. A green amphibious-looking alien that talks like a Pokemon accosts the two of them, apparently demanding five Energon chips apiece from them for admission. All he says is Slizardo, and that is also his name. Slizardo! Slizardo! <laughs> Bosch says they're here to talk to Lord Gaikany. Uh, how, um, looks an awful lot like Jabba the Hutt's slightly more defined cousin who's not allergic to clothing. And thank God for that. <laughs> uh-huh. So, Lord Gaikany offers them 50 Energon chips at 500% interest for the other Autobots. Payment due within an hour. They are able to get the amount that they need, but still... Then Smokescreen's gambling addiction rears its ugly head. He bets it all! He thinks he's fine due to his special connection. I know he means this, that little suction cup, but Smokescreen, were you fucking those slot machines? <laughs> his Transformers, we will never know. <laughs> but one of the casino workers spots his little suction cup cord and pulls it off the machine, causing him to lose all of their fucking chips. Oh, Smokescreen, you're in the doghouse now! Back in Gaikany's office, um, Gaikany takes ownership of the Autobots and they go down a lift in the floor that is not animated. So they just sort of phase through the floor. <laughs> yep. The completely solid floor. 
Gaikini offers Smokescreen and Bosch tickets for the Autobots' fight in the Pit of Destruction. He had some time to print up passes for them. Lizardo works quick! Graphic design is Lizardo's passion. He's multi-talented. <laughs> Obviously! I mean, I mean, you know Gaikini isn't going to, like, hire multiple people. Lizardo must be a man of many hats. <laughs> yes. A lizard of many hats. <laughs> yep. Smokescreen gets angry, but Slizardo pulls a gun on them, forcing them to leave. Gaikini orders Slizardo to follow the two of them while giving him an affectionate rub on the head. There's so much weird subtext here. <laughs> yeah. Outside, on the asteroid's surface, Astrotrain lands and Dirge and Ramjet exit. The Coneheads complain about being so far away from the city, but Astrotrain says something to the effect of, you're lucky we got this far. I burned every ounce of energon to get here. Astrotrain then complains that he has to do all of the work and never gets to have any of the fun when they get there. He's not wrong. Except for that one time on, like, Saturn's moon. <laughs> Except that one time when he got to be God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. While the two Coneheads are walking, Dirge tells Ramjet that he has a creepy feeling they're being monitored. Dirge didn't fail his passive perception role. <laughs> As they are being watched by an unknown blue Autobot in the background. Mm -hmm. Elsewhere in a bar, Smokescreen laments his hubris while Bosch consoles him. As he's unsurprisingly been in a number of very similar situations. At the door, uh, two guards bar Slizardo from entering. Slizardo's not their preferred clientele. Of course. Racism on alien planets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the unknown blue Autobot walks in, inadvertently knocking over the guards and freeing Slizardo. Smokescreen gets the brilliant idea of asking him for help. The other Autobot asks who's speaking to him, like they can't see <laughs> the giant Autobot brand. But to which Smokescreen responds, it was I, Smokescreen, an Autobot myself. I mean, that is just such a weird way to introduce yourself. I, dialogue's not the show's strong point. <laughs> we know this. I'm not sure what the hell their strong point is. <laughs> Being ridiculous. That's true, I'll give you that. Uh, the Autobot, who introduces himself as Devcon, seems happy to see another Cybertronian and sits down with Smokescreen and Bosch. Slizardo begins kissing his hand because he is so happy that he is no longer being bullied by the guards. Slizardo swearing fealty. The kissing noises just keep going in this scene, too. It feels very weird. <laughs> yeah. Devcon is somewhat confused by this attention, uh, but Bosch informs him that Slizardo is swearing his eternal loyalty to him. Wow, Gaikini really must not have very good benefits for the people working under him. If just some dude randomly pulling his way through, you know, an incident somehow manages to make a better impression. Right? And again, I still stand by this man has like two people working for him and one of them is Lizardo. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. The other one is like the animal wrangler. <laughs> yeah, something. Maybe, maybe a guy, maybe pays a couple of guys to, like, take tickets or money for entry or something. Uh, but Devcon just sort of tosses Lizardo off and, of course, Lizardo crawls away dejected. Mm -hmm. Devcon is apparently a bounty hunter and has followed Astrotrain, Dirge, and Ramjet to Monicus, which makes me ask where he picked up their trail. 
Uh, yeah, because it's like, okay, well, it doesn't seem like it was Earth, so what the fuck were these three doing before now? Did, did he just pass by them in an interstellar gas station and, and started following them? Because that's the image I have in my head now, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, now I have many questions and I know I'm never going to get any answers. I'm serious. All I can envision is like, you know, one of the Coneheads walking out of this gas station carrying Energon nachos. Walking right past DevCon. Devcon. <laughs> and DevCon's just got space newspaper that he's looking at. <laughs> yeah, maybe with little holes cut out for something. <laughs> yeah, and it's just a picture of a face and his eyes. <laughs> his optics just uh, line up with it. Yes, why they have paper newspapers in space, I have no idea, but I love it. <laughs> it's the gag. It's the visual gag. Obviously. In Daikne's office, Ramjet and Dirge accuse him of skimming Energon off the top and shooting Megatron. Does Megatron have an intergalactic Energon racket? Was this being enforced for the entire time he was out of commission on the Ark? I have questions. I mean, maybe this was what Astrotrain and the Coneheads <laughs> were doing before they turned up. Maybe, so they've just been doing this for eons, okay? I mean, that makes as much sense as anything else, so... I'm gonna believe it. Daikini denies this, and the two spotty Autobots versus the Animalian passes from before, and they decide to stay for the show. Right before the fight, uh, Gaikini then rigs the matches to make the Autobots have a really good initial showing with dramatic failure by interjecting them with unstable Energon. Optimus is brought into the ring for the first match against the Animalian. As expected, Optimus does well at the beginning of the fight, causing a crowd of spectators to bet on Optimus before losing steam and eventually the match. Inferno is then brought out for the next match, which is a tag team with Optimus and then two Animalians, one of which is now distressingly naked. We assume perhaps maybe only the leaders clothed or something, but uh, yeah, one of them is definitely not wearing very much. Yeah. Smokescreen gets angry. And he and Bosch leave, because apparently they're there. Yeah, they, they, they walked in on this. Uh, Bosch is relieved until Smokescreen transforms and backs into the arena from, like, the ground floor, generating a large amount of smoke. Well, I mean, we've seen the smoke before, but... Gaikini tries to calm the crowd, but people reclaim their Energon chips. I think specific. I think directly from him. Oh, yeah, they're, like, grabbing the chips from his, like area or whatever yeah and then they leave all those people leave and then Gaikuni himself is forced to evacuate due to the smoke too i don't know how much atmosphere there is here but apparently there's enough for smoke issues <laughs> well these aliens must have to breathe something yeah. just not the autobots presumably yeah ramjet and dirge realize that smokescreen is the likely cause and fly off to pursue him firing on him as he and bosch flee I have a number of questions about how they can identify this, but I guess smokescreen smoke has a very distinct quality quality or something? Yeah. Smokescreen takes a direct hit, but is saved when DevCon fires on the Coneheads. Evidently, they recognized DevCon on site by name and occupation and made the decision to leave. <laughs> like, this kind of backs up the whole... <laughs> that this is what they were doing beforehand thing, yeah. Yeah. Devcon, Smokescreen, and Bosch head back towards the arena, but run into Slizardo on the way. Slizardo apparently informs them that Gaikini and the Decepticons are leaving the asteroid with the Autobots in tow. Just to preface this, Slizardo still only says his name, so we basically are told secondhand what he's saying. 
Because apparently Bosch can translate. Yeah, or something. <laughs> Back with the Decepticons, Astrotrain is happy to finally have some Energon for fuel as the still brainwashed Autobots load him up with Energon. Devcon, Smokescreen, and Bosch arrive to save the Autobots, having been joined by Slozardo. Gaikami is not pleased that his henchman has found a new occupation and or new BFFs. He calls out for Astrotrain's help as Lizardo and Bosch rush him. Astrotrain absorbs the energy and transforms, saying, Now prepare to meet my friend, Mr. Ionic Displacer. He, he has, his, uh, his gun is a mister. Yep. It's his friend. Yep. <laughs> Smokescreen and Devcon are in a firefight with the two Coneheads before Smokescreen transforms <laughs> into car mode and drives around doing what he does best. <laughs> it's his only skill. Uh, Gaikuni and the Codenheads escape in Astrotrain. Gaikuni to basically never be seen again, so who knows what Megatron did to him. <laughs> Honestly, they might have just shoved him out the airlock at some point. Probably. He probably annoyed them so much at some point they were just like, out you go! <laughs> yeah. Devcon isn't willing to uh, just let them escape and transforms into a spacecraft to follow inviting Slizardo to join him as his partner. Well, you know me. You know exactly how I'm going to choose to interpret this. The giant robot and amphibian are now joined in holy matrimony. <sighs> they are going to go hunt Decepticons on their honeymoon. Why not? <sighs> not the weirdest love story we'll see in here. Really? No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I mean, it may take some time before, like, common law space matrimony <laughs> kicks in. No, no, I'm just saying we see some very strange pairings. <laughs> Yes, yes, I know, but I mean, specifically with this. <laughs> Later, the other Autobots have been returned to normal and do not remember a single thing that happened in this episode since they got zapped. At this point, I'm assuming that at some point that when somehow got more Energon chips. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe they raided Gaikuni's office or something. Maybe, because it's not, they didn't exactly address how they got the Energon chips. Yeah, they really didn't. Uh, but the Autobots are not so pleased with Bosch right now. Um... Thankfully, Smokescreen informs them that Bosch has offered to give them a lift home. Bosch then suggests some R&R at a nearby casino. <laughs> and Optimus says, why not? And they all transform and head toward the casino. Autobots in Space Vegas. They need something to blow off steam. I mean, they've been in a galactic war for millions of years. I know, but Optimus... They're all going to learn something about Smokescreen's gambling habits. <laughs> That's because they're going to hand Smokescreen a, a, like, a one sum of money and say, this is all you get. <laughs> well, hopefully they learn that or they get notes from Bosch. Hopefully. Join us next time for The Search for Alpha Tryon, where we find out the Autobots left all of the Ladybots on Cybertron when they left on the Ark. In the meantime, I remain convinced that Alita One has created a harem of lovely ladies. Yep. And we get to see everyone, well, not everyone, but all of the guys paired off with ladies. I swear to God, this entire episode was, oh no, we didn't put any women in here. Quick, quick, put in the women. There's too much, there, there's too much sexual tension between Megatron and Starscream and Megatron and Optimus. <laughs> we have to fix this somehow. Um, and I'm just sort of like, hi guys, this is me, Karma talking, and this is what happens when you're like, women don't exist in these things, that people will just sort of assume they're in relationships with whoever is there. And so then you have primarily men, primarily masculine 
characters, that's who they're gonna pair him up with. I'm just saying. Yep, gotta add some heterosexuality on it. <laughs> gotta inject some heterosexuality into this. Uh, never mind that, you know, uh, mm, 20 years later, no, no, we pretty much get confirmed they're all gay. <laughs> I mean, at one point, I think they were considering having Ratchet be a lady. Uh, 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 yeah, I'm sure they were, but I'm just saying they so were like, oh god, no, wait, we have to add women in here, and then like, you know, IDW came along, Shockwave and Optimus are heavily implied, Megatron and Minimus are heavily implied, Chromedom and Rewind are not implied nor together. It is straight up official. <laughs> yes! Uh, Cyclonus and Palegate are official, like, Ratchet and Trim. I'm just saying, they're all gay, and they, they tried to fix that here, but it was already too late. <laughs> and I believe we have two fanfic breaks today. Yes, we do. The first is... Uh, Duty Obliges by Steel Circle. It is a G1 cartoon continuity fic. Uh, it's rated T. Uh, gen, I think. Uh, don't think there are any pairings. Uh, main characters are Mirage and Jazz. And in summary, Mirage accepts a Black Ops mission to Monicus, which makes Jazz worried. And it's set during G1 Season 3, sometime after Grimlock's new brain. And this one, I think it's been a while uh, since I've read it, so unfortunately I am very hazy on it. But it actually has Monicus in it, which was the whole theme for it, yeah. and why it was picked for this. Yeah, and Steel Circle's writing is very good. So, yeah. On to you because you had the next recommendation. I had one of my wildcard picks, and the one for today is called First Dates. It is by uh, Rosebud009, but the E is three. Um, continuity is IDW. It is rated T. It is Slash. It has Cosmos Soundwave. Our characters are Cosmos Soundwave and very briefly Rumble and Frenzy. In summary, it wasn't until Rumble and Frenzy had given him a look that Soundwave considered that perhaps he had misunderstood Cosmos' request. It's just refueling together. It's never just refueling, Rumble insisted as he crossed his arms over his chest. Frenzy nodded his agreement. It is a one-shot. It's cute and short and sweet. <laughs> yep. Sounds nice. And then our fan artist for today is Jen Devereaux. Uh, they seem to do a variety, and a lot of their stuff is kind of just cute like it's got a very kind of cute chibi style to it and we have linked to some transformers prime charms that they had done which are very cute they are optimus is adorable and starscream looks very grump <laughs> megatron is up to something sinister i'm sure uh -huh. and then we have a little tailgate with cyclonus <laughs> yeah. uh, that is adorable cyclonus is or not cyclonus tailgate's just do little <laughs> Pretty much. And then we have a very grumpy Prowl of, uh, I think it's probably IDW Prowl. Um, yeah. He's holding a coffee mug that has good, bad, and with little, you know, checkboxes next to them. And underneath that it says cop. And of course, bad cop is crossed. Or the checkbox next to bad is marked out. So it says bad cop. We will be linking to uh, her Tumblr, her Twitter, and she also has a separate Tumblr for her own original comic. That is still active. I did find a few kind of broken links to other comics. It seems like she has done several, but but we will link to the one that is still active. And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as Afterspark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. 
You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcast, such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Spex. And I'm Alice. Toodles! Astrotrain absorbs the energy and transforms, saying, Now prepare yourself! <laughs> it's okay. <laughs>